Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. So good morning, Severn Run. I want to tell you a story uh, that once upon a time there was a king. He lived in a kingdom that was a place of joy and a peace and abundance. There was food, there was relationship, there was safety. And things were good in the kingdom. But the king heard of countries that were farther away, outlying lands where there was brokenness, where there was sadness, where there was sorrow, where there was great need. And so the king did something beautiful. He began to create gifts with his own hands to send to meet those needs. And as he heard of each of those needs, he would create a gift and craft the gift to meet exactly that need. And when he had made enough gifts to to meet the needs of of a region, he called his servants together to deliver the gifts. But at that moment, something strange happened. Maybe because the king was so alive and and so much love that the gifts themselves began to speak. And he picked the first up and, and began to give it away to be delivered to those in need far from the kingdom. And the gift said, no, I don't want to go. I don't know those people, but I know you. I don't want to be unwrapped and given I like how I am and who I am now. And the king was stunned to even think of a gift that did not want to be given. But he also knew in his heart that a gift that wouldn't willingly give itself was really no gift at all. And so he let the gifts set, hoping that one day they would see the purpose of their creation and that they would choose to fulfill their destiny. And there is the modern church. We are like the UPS driver who at Christmas time receives hundreds of gifts in his truck and sees all the gifts and said, this is fantastic. Um, You know, honey, we're rich and drives home not realizing his role in the giving. Jesus is the gift of God. I think most of us would safely agree theologically. Like if this were a Sunday school class, you know, in Sunday school back in the day, like the right answer was Jesus, right? Still is, is, true. Jesus, yeah. Very good, Johnny. Most of us would agree that the, you know, that, that Jesus is the gift of God. That's a pretty theologically safe thing to say. True? This means yes, this means no. All right, all right, so we're there. So, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 6.23 kind of puts us even on more solid theological ground. Um, and, and And it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, today what I need you to do is I need you to either read the scripture that's printed in the, um, in the, the bulletin or read the scripture that you have um, in a codex or a book form or read the scripture that you have that's in electronic form 
Um, we know, again, you're not doing you know, Candy Crush or anything. Just open it up. But I need you to read the Scripture for yourself, and I need you to choose the theology that you're going to live out of because it's really, really important. And one day when you stand before God, um, there'll be high accountability on my part, but, but you're not going to be able to say, well, Pastor Drew told me. Jesus is going to look at you and, and, and He's going to hold you accountable for what you chose to live from Scripture. What was your theology? So, I, I want to suggest as we think about a new theological framework for the Church of Run that few of us understand our place in the Gospel. That we are a lot like these gifts that are beautiful and full of potential but refusing to be given away to the world. We want to stay whole and not go into broken. We don't want to be torn open and given away. And, and, and the creator of the gift never intended for the gift to sit, but for it to reveal love and meet need. I want to suggest to you that we interpret the good news of God, which is the gospel. When you hear the word gospel, um, it is in Greek good news, and the good news is a summary term for the message of salvation in Jesus Christ that, that God loved and gave, that Jesus was more than merely a moral teacher, that he was God become flesh, he was the God-man, 100% God, 100% man, that he was the savior of the world, not merely a prophet or teacher. He was not merely a good man. He was the God man. That he gave his life as a substitute um, atonement. That is, that, that he died in our place. He did something for us that we could not do. We could never be good enough for God. Jesus, who is perfect, gave himself in our place, died for us to offer us the good news of freedom and forgiveness. And all we have to do is accept the gift of salvation. That's the good news. But I want to suggest to you today that our gospel is only half-baked. That our gospel is only really half a gospel. We interpret the good news of God in a far too self-centered, self-serving, and individualistic way that Scripture never does. And we're going to begin a journey, begin a process of, of learning to read Scripture in a way that is the whole gospel and in a way that is, that is in line with the life and the teaching and the actions of Jesus in a broken world. And in the days and months and years to come, you're going to hear, hear some terms like integral missions uh, and, and holistic evangelism, and we're going to unpack those and, and explain what they mean, um, and, and we're going to chart a new course. In fact, really, I've been pastor of the Church of Seven Run for about 19 years, and, and in my time here, um, God, I believe, has revealed to me that there are two reformations that I'm, I was to lead here at the church. The first was um, a reformation from an, an inward turn um, church uh, that was, you know, fairly traditionally bound, 
um, and, and culturally bound. We had certain ways of doing things, and that's the way you do things. You needed to wear a suit or tie, you know, it was kind of the, the traditional church culture, and, and, and we, we sang, you know, from, from bound books of hymnals, which I love the hymns, you need to know that, but you understand that, that the songs that we're singing from 100 years ago, 100 years ago were new songs, right? Some of you are going, what? I always thought they was old. No, <laughs> they was new songs. And, and so to, um, to understand um, that God is calling us to shift focus, to, to be outward uh, focused, to be other-centered, to not be afraid of taking bold steps to grow, to, to be able to overcome a rule bound. We were 187 pages of, of constitution and bylaws. Um, honestly, we, we, yeah, to vote on everything. We've switched from all of that to becoming a permission-giving uh, church where we're based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that, that you are uh, the, the people of God, that those of us in servant leadership, our only reason for existing is to equip you for, for works of service um, so that the body of Christ may be, be, be built up until we all become mature, uh, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. That's, so, so we're here to serve you, not to control you. We're here to free you up in your, your call. So that was kind of the first Reformation. Um, took a lot of years, and, uh, and now we're, we're a different church. You know, when people think of the churches have run, they don't think of suits and ties and hymnals and, um, and, and small inward southern culture. Second Reformation is what we're beginning to talk about now. It is a reformation that will send us out into a broken world as broken people who know Jesus, willingly being the gifts of God, uh, God's gift in a broken world. Let me, uh, let me just kind of start sort of from the beginning if I can. In John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22, uh, John 20, the context is the resurrection. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're on the, the morning of, you know, the, the dawn of, of the resurrection. And, and, and the scripture says in verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, I love how the scripture says it, that first day when everything changed. When the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews... Okay, I want you to, to understand that, that that is where the 21st century church is. The 21st century church is in the exact same place the 1st century church was before the resurrection. Locked away in fear from the world, afraid of the message of Jesus, doubting. Remember, they had heard Jesus' message, but they had seen it die on the cross, they had seen Jesus be brutally murdered, and with him, their confidence died. And now, Jesus shows himself again. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. I want you to, to understand the, 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 what's going on here. God wanted the world to know about his love, so he gave the world a gift. The gift was his son, Jesus. Jesus was God in flesh. 
And he came into the world, and, and he wasn't an abstract idea or a distant theology. He was, he was the God-man. He was a human being. He was, he was God in flesh, God incarnate, and he walked, and he talked, and he lived, and he loved, and he laughed, and he worshiped God, and he healed, and he did marvelous and amazing things that people could see, that people could hear. And, and by the way Jesus lived among broken people, he did not hobnob with the elites, he, he went with the least, and he loved the least, and he valued them, and, and he did what no Jewish man would ever do, at least not out in the opening, he, he associated with prostitutes. But not to please himself, but to save them. He associated with tax collectors, the outcasts, he touched lepers, nobody did that. And everywhere Jesus found broken, people saw the hand of Jesus on blind eyes, and they saw the man see, (laughs) and they heard Jesus teach things that were living and alive and full of joy, unlike dead religious words that, that had been hurled at them for centuries. They saw and heard Jesus. And then they saw him die, and now they're seeing and hearing him alive again. And Jesus said this. Again, we, we, you know, we downplay peace, and we downplay when the angels say peace, you know. Do not be afraid, do not fear. But heaven, when heaven breaks through into the chaos of earth, uh, you know, and, and, it, and it brings the peace of heaven, maybe heaven knows something we don't know about what's available to us. And so Jesus says, peace be with you. And that's not just a throwaway line. It is is the wish of God. It is the the desire of God, the will of God. And and again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As I am the gift of God, you are are now the gift of God. As the Father sent me into the world, into the broken, into the hurting, into the the chaos of of fractured relationships and, and, and the flow of hell on earth, as the Father sent me to redeem all that and reveal the peace of heaven, so I am sending you. Now right now there is a break and there's a tension in your heart if you're honest. Because the truth is, it's easier to believe the first half of that gospel than the second. Now, not all of us believe the first half, and that's okay. I will never ridicule you for being on a journey of discovery. But what I'm saying is that Jesus is the gift of God. That is unmistakably Scripture. If you're going to believe, you have to accept that. The second part is the part that has been left out of the gospel. It is is the part that's missing for the the 21st century church. It is the part that makes us resemble the church locked up in fears in buildings mistakenly called churches, doing nothing during the week, uh, protecting ourselves from, from what's out there. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I am the gift of God. And God sent me without that, there's no doubt. But as the Father has sent me, in the same way, with the same touch, I am sending you. 
You and I can't hear those words. We, we throw up a shield and defend ourselves. We, we radically scurry to interpret those words. Well, what he means is pastors. Yeah, yeah, he's sending pastors to the world. They should go. Let them go. The other guys, yeah, yeah, they, they should go. Not me, I'm busy. I'm busy. Lock the door, lock the door. I don't want to go. I, I like the way I am now. I like the way God's wrapping up my life. I, I don't want to go and, and, and be given away someplace else. You and I cannot believe half a gospel because half a gospel is no gospel at all. And, and again, I'm challenging you. Guys, I'm not God. I'm just a, a broken, you know, whatever. But, but one day you're going to stand before God and God is going to ask you what you chose to believe and you're going to have to share with God not the theology of your head but the theology you lived. What did you truly believe about what I said? Did you listen? And did you obey? And I'm telling you that for most of the, the, the church in America, the answer is no. We interpret the gospel for us. It's for me and my salvation. I'm in this room. I'm safe. I'm taken care of. I have enough food. I have enough drink. Uh, I have a plan. God, that's your job to, to take care of me in my, my plan for my life on earth. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I left all of my plans in heaven, all the comfort in heaven, all of the, the things that were, that were going on that were life. I left them all, and I, and I was sent by God. And in the exact same way Father sent me, Father has paid you the highest compliment, and you too along with me will be the gift of God to a broken world. I'm asking you, I'm serious. You don't even have to respond verbally right now, but do you hear the impact of what Jesus has said. Because the truth is, we have not seen it a whole lot in, in, our, in, our, in our world, but we're going to see it. This is the, the, the call of my life for however long I get to be a pastor on planet Earth. It's a call of my life to lead a, a second reformation in our church so that we get to become a church that's living the whole gospel. And I believe with all of my heart that that. All of Scripture is very highly intentional. There are no throwaway lines in Scripture. And that when Jesus showed them the ugly wounds, think of it, a resurrected body, but Father chose to keep the wounds, the tear in His flesh. The, the ugly, ugly wound of a nail, a railroad spike driven through human flesh. A, a spear driven deep into his side. And the scripture grossly says that blood and water poured out. Why? To show that he was truly dead and to illustrate the price of love. I wonder if, as Jesus was speaking to them, he pulled his robe aside and said, as the Father has sent me. As the Father has sent me. At this cost, at this price, against what our flesh wants, as the Father has sent me, in this same way, I'm sending you. And most of us don't want to go. What did the church look like around Jesus? What did his body do? <laughs> how, 
Who did Jesus hang out with? Did Jesus just preach once a week on the Sabbath in the synagogue and then, and then sit around with religious people the rest of the week? Did he just, did he just preach once a week in the, in the synagogue and then the rest of the week he just like made furniture? Is that what Jesus did with his life? Where did he go? What did Jesus see? Did he see the brokenness of the people around him? Did he move towards it or did he move away from it? What did he model? What Jesus did with human need in the communities around him is what we have to do with human need in the communities around us. And the reality is, if we accept God's gift in salvation, we will become God's gift in service. And all these people that you see wearing the sticker that says, I am God's gift, (laughs) do you know why they're wearing that sticker? This means no. Anybody know why they're wearing the sticker? Because you're God's gift. Well, Pastor Drew, I think you're overstating it. Read the scripture. It's really clear. In the exact same way the Father sent me, I am sending you. You see, accepting the gift of God in salvation is not just an individualistic thing that that is for us alone. It is not only the acceptance of a forgiveness, it's the acceptance of a call. It's not only the acceptance of a healing, it's the call to bring a healing. It's not only the acceptance of a love, it's called to be a love in the world. And it's all about seeing and hearing. God knew that the world was broken, and so he sent Jesus into the world so they could see and hear him. They wanted, God wanted people to, to know what he thought, and they wanted people to, to hear what he said and see what his actions were. And, and whenever people saw Jesus and heard him, they believed. And guys, I want to tell you, in a radical turn of events, That the plan of God for the 21st century is exactly the same as it was for the 1st century. And and, and the reality is that that saved people help lost people who doubt the love of God see the love of God. They, They help lost people who don't understand God's heart and who are prejudiced against God hear the truth. you you look in the scripture, this is your homework assignment. Look for the, the, the linkage of the phrases, the terms, see and hear. You'll see it throughout all of the New Testament. In the book of Revelation, you'll see it over and over again, what, what they saw and heard. In, in, in fact, in the scripture, Acts 4.20 is, is the beginning of the launching of the church. And, and there, um, uh, Peter is, is preaching. He says, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. This is not abstract theology from a book. This is real world living. This is the gift of God uh, walking planet earth. In 1 John uh, 1, 3, the scripture says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. We're not just making this up. It's real. And how are people in a broken world ever going to know that Jesus is real? By a bunch of, of people sitting in buildings, they mislabel churches. Once a week, you know, ticking a box saying, I, I sat my backside in a chair. And then and, and when we drive off, are, are people going to see our cars flowing down the street and saying, oh, there must be a God? I don't think so. 
And our half a gospel, which is no gospel at all, is resulting in radical decline in belief in America. They're saying 90 to 95% of all, uh, all kids 18 and younger will never accept Jesus. We're losing the next generation. And we as a church have to focus on the most vulnerable populations, especially children and youth in the days to come. How do we do that? Well, what we do is we accept God's gift in salvation and then we become God's gift in service so that they can see and hear Jesus. And I'm telling you, all over the world, there's a radical different expression of the church and integral missions that looks nothing like what you see in America. You see glimpses here and there, but I'm just telling you, again, that God is doing something. We think we're in the lead because we're Americans, right? America. America first. I want to share with you that America is getting its tail kicked in the spiritual realm, right? Newsflash. And that all over the world, other churches are so far ahead of where we are. We, we have a partnership in the Dominican Republic, and this last week went there and to the DR, uh, excuse me, Costa Rica. And, um, and you're going to be hearing some of those stories. We'll unfold them in the days to come. But, but I want to tell you the stories of, of churches that are, are helping people in the 21st century see and hear Jesus everywhere. They, they, they see a need, and, and, and the answer to how is yes. They, they move towards the need in imperfect ways, and they just let God work. It's not a program. It's a person to follow. And we let knowing how we're going to do something keep us from ever starting to do anything. Anybody else with me there? Oh, you guys make me feel so lonely sometimes. <laughs> like I'm such a loser. Now, there's so many times in my life where I won't do, you know, I can't do this whole big thing because I don't know how. I don't have to know how. I have to know who. Jesus said, follow me. <laughs> I'll show you. And, and so, um, so one church in, in, um, in Costa Rica, it's not a rich church, but it's a church that, that is just changing the world. They have ministries scattered everywhere. And each of these ministries is, is not a program. It just starts where there's some brokenness and need and somebody becomes God's gift to, to that need. Um, one, one, another church, I'll come back to Genesis Church, another church um, that tells the story the best, uh, there was just a, a man living in a, in a, in a shack um, in, in incredible poverty who had cancer, and, and he's a Nicaraguan immigrant, um, you know, I think it's 1.4 million of the total 4 million population in Costa Rica is undocumented aliens from Nicaragua in Costa Rica. You talk about prejudice. That's where the prejudice is in that country. If you're Nicaraguan, you are looked down upon. Um, you know, you'll never have papers. You'll never have a job. You don't have access to, to, to proper health care or anything else. This man is an man alone with cancer. What does the church do? Well, they don't just pray for him. They bring him home. And they bathe him and they feed him and they clothe him and they... They become the gift of God to him in service. Towards the end of his life, one of the ladies wanted to, to make sure that he knew Jesus. And so she said, I, I want to tell you about Jesus and the love of God. And the man almost angrily stopped her. He says, I don't need you to do that. And usually when we hear that, we're going, oh, <laughs> sorry. He said, I don't need you to, 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 to tell me about the love of Jesus. She said, well, why is that? And he said, because I have seen it. Every day you've cared for me. And I believe. 
people in this world, they can't see Jesus. They, they don't know what he's like. And, and, and occasionally they'll hear something, you know, uh, from self-serving, self-focused people and it doesn't resonate in their hearts. But, but, but God didn't just stay up in heaven and shout through the clouds. He came down on planet earth and he lived and he loved and he embraced and he touched and he laughed and he cried and he healed and, and he even spit in people's faces to heal their eyes. In the same way the Father sent me, I'm sending you. To bind up the brokenhearted, that's doing something. To set the captives free, that's doing something. To heal blind eyes, that's doing... Well, Pastor Joe, I could never heal anybody blind. You take them to the doctor's appointment, can't you? <laughs> you can love them so well that through your touch they see Jesus, can't you? Why did God send Jesus? So hurting people could see and hear the good news of God's saving love. Why is God sending you? So hurting people can see and hear the good news of God's saving love. A salvation that we think saves us but doesn't send us is a deception and not a salvation at all. If we accept God's gift in salvation, our hearts are changed and we become willingly sent into the broken world. We, we don't stay in the palace and, and, and miss our destiny. We realize <laughs> that our purpose is to be given away as God sees fit. You're the gift of God. But you've got to be willing to give. In Matthew 25, 31 through 33, there's this scary story that Jesus tells. And this is a story not about earning salvation, but it's a story revealing which hearts were changed and which hearts were not. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in, in heavenly glory and all the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. You don't want to be on the left. Okay, I'm just, just telling you, when that day comes, and it is coming, you want to be a sheep. Well, who are the sheep, and who are the goats, and how do we tell changed hearts from unchanged? How do we tell salvation received from salvation rejected? How do we tell a heart given from a heart kept? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 43 in Matthew 25 says this, The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And then he will say to the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I want you to listen to the passion of God and how seriously God takes what he's saying. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And our defense will be, but Lord, we were too busy. We did not have time. Depart from me, you who are cursed. 
we have to overcome a movement of centuries of indifference to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the whole gospel. And we have to realize that as the Father has sent Jesus, Jesus has sent us. Who did he send us to? The hungry, the thirsty, the strangers and the lonely, those in need, those in sick, those who are sick, and those who are locked up in all kinds of prisons that hell creates. Guys, I'm telling you, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen churches give themselves away seven days a week in ministry in the broken in their areas. These people are busy. These people have bills to pay and children to raise and lives to lead and they are the gift of God to a broken world. And it's changing the world. You are God's gift to a broken world. You are are God's gift to a broken world. And you can stay in, in your own uh, will and way and, and safety, locked inside this, the safety of your, you know, your plan, or you can see Jesus pointing to his wounds and his side and saying, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. We're going to begin with a recovery center. How? I don't know. The answer to how is yes. <laughs> and we're not, we're not following programs, we're following a person. And this is, not, this is not led by us, it is led by him, and it is you who are the point. You are God's gift to the world. And through the giving of your life, people will see and hear Jesus. But you have to see the need in the world and move towards it. You have to hear the cry and answer it. And if you and I are able to maintain our indifference and our distance from those in need, then we are revealing our distance from Jesus Christ and his heavenly Father. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece, his poema. <laughs> it's the same idea of God's creative work from eternity past as is in Genesis chapter one when God spoke and the heavens were there and the starry hosts and the, the morning sky and, and the green fields and the forests, all just from the creative voice of Father. You, you are my gift to the world. You are not nothings. You are not worthless, you are not forgotten, you are not invisible. You are my masterpieces. 
And I created you new in Christ Jesus to do my good just as my son did. And from eternity past, I have imagined and prepared all the good that I will do through your given life. So church at Seven Run, will you accept the whole salvation of God? The gift of his love, his joy, his peace, his forgiveness, just closeness with the Father. Will you let Father bring you in so close to him that you can hear his heart beating about his love for you? And then, will you be his gift? And will you let Jesus take you and offer you to the brokenness in Baltimore, in Glen Burnie, in Severn, at work, at home? Because this is who you are. The gift. Just like Jesus. I'm going to ask in these moments to come that I know there'll be singing going on and I want you to to worship and praise, do whatever God calls you to do, but I I want you to simply give God kind of your yes or no in this moment. I have to have all the answers. All you have to do is have one answer, yes. If you've never accepted the gift of God's forgiving love, if there's just darkness in your life, then I'm gonna ask you to accept Jesus and there'll be people here and if you've accepted Jesus, but it was for you and your salvation and your plan, I'm gonna ask you today to recommit your life to living the whole gospel of being God's gift in a broken world. Would you stand? And would you come, kneel and pray, surrender and yield? If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.